Hi. Well, this week we're on Ephesians chapter 5 again, verses 11 through 21. Uh, we are covering that chapter uh, in about a three-week series here as we go through the book of Ephesians. And this week is kind of like talking about what what do we do with our sin problem? What do we do with these behaviors that we still find ourselves involved in, involved in that don't match our new nature as a child of God? And we all have to be honest, we all still do those things from time to time. Well, we're gonna talk about some of the reasons behind that today. But remember last week we talked about, we tend to hit what we're focused on, this target attraction thing. So if we focus on our sin behavior all the time, it seems like it just digs in deeper. Um, when we're better off, if we just acknowledge it's there, that it, we don't want it there, we'd like to avoid it. Well, we need to do that by shifting our focus somewhere else. And we talked about how we need to put our focus on the Father, uh, the one who is righteous and the one who has given us his righteousness by faith. Well, that chat, that, those few verses there in Ephesians 11, 5, 11 through 21 go like this. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed to light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, and giving th always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. All right, so he's saying avoid certain things, but he always keeps our attention back on the Lord. Don't participate in the deeds of darkness, but you walk in the light. It's really much simpler to live righteously than it is to live in an ungodly way. And what do I mean by that? It may not be, or may not feel easier. <laughs> I can testify it doesn't always feel easier to live righteously because there's, a, there's something going on around me that's trying to grab my attention and feel like it's just sucking me into this black hole over here. But when you walk in the light, there's nothing to regret. You don't have to worry about trying to remember what you said and did or keep other people from knowing what you said and did and you know, trying to figure how do I cover for this and how do I minimize and whatever. Just walk in the light. Well, I realize that that's easier said sometimes than done. But again, it goes back to our focus. Don't be unwise, it says. Don't walk as unwise, but walk as a wise man. Uh, making the most of your time. 
It talks about things to involve yourselves in, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't believe that we can't talk about the ball game that was this Saturday or whatever, but it does mean that as we talk about the things in life, could be fixing the car, what are we going to have for dinner? You can do it in a way that's encouraging and uplifting and relaxing and doesn't put anybody off or make them feel less than or minimized or whatever. Or you can talk about, it, talk about them in ways that do that and think about them in ways that do those things that we don't want in the end. You know, I, I've had conversations with people about sporting events and automobiles and the work I've done over the years and various professions I've been involved in. And sometimes it's just a conversation that doesn't make anybody feel bad. Other times there's just kind of this air of pride on one side or the other, and one begins to feel less than than the other one or uh, inadequate or whatever. But the Bible says we're to build one another up. And so this is about focus. And I believe if we understand how secure we are in Christ, how loved we are by our Father, how committed He is to not only just saving us, but hanging on to us for all eternity, and that He is doing a work in us that He will bring to completion, we can relax. There's one passage that even talks about when we compare ourselves with each other, we're without understanding, because how you and I compare doesn't really mean anything. Uh, but the world we live in is built a lot on comparisons. So the temptations we face, we actually face all those temptations in his presence. And he is light. And so as we bring that temptation into the light and it gets exposed by the light our Father gives us, the light that shines out of us and in us, then the reality of what that temptation is becomes clear. Where in that dark place, it seemed tempting. It seemed, hmm, I think I'd like to do that. But in the bright light, you go, hmm, that's not what I thought it was. And we can avoid that by going towards what is good for us. You know, the Bible says God is light. And this passage talks about that when things become visible, they're exposed by the light. And we're to awake from our sleep. Let Christ shine in us. All right, so this, this relationship with God. And the word light is used in the scripture a lot of times to, to describe it. You know, one place Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Another place he said to the disciples, you're the light of the world. Because in them, he was going to provide light to the world around them, just like he will in you and me. All right, so these temptations we face seem more tempting when we don't expose them to the truth of reality of what's really going on there. Yeah, it might feel good in the moment to put someone down and lift myself up. But then there's that hollow feeling that comes later on when we realize it didn't really make me feel better about myself, and all I did was hurt them. Okay, so how did Christ live, and how is he living now? Well, he's the light of the world. He lives in me, so I'm the light of the world. 
So rather than trying to prove I'm all that by putting somebody down, I can bend down and lift them up and show that by Christ living through me, they find out how valuable they are and how loved they are to God. And they feel good, and I feel good. Not that it's all about feelings, but hey, I'll take it, right? The Father reveals his will by the Spirit within us, uh, and his will is always consistent with his nature. And so we go back all the time. Weeks and weeks and weeks ago, we talked about getting to know God for who he really is. So that when, like we talked about last week, when I see that counterfeit bill, that counterfeit love, that counterfeit importance, that counterfeit success, I recognize that that's actually not love or importance or success at all. It's actually something that's destructive for me and other people. And I, I turn towards what is helpful and loving and kind and beneficial for me and other people. Those things are consistent with the nature of God. Everything he does is, is motivated by love because he is love. And everything he has done and will do is consistent not only with who he is, but with what we need. That's, that's a very important principle to remember that when God does something for you or doesn't do something for you that you've asked him to do, is because he sees something better. He only does that which is most beneficial for us. Christ taught us to live submissive. You know, the last statement in this passage we read today, it said, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. You know, several weeks back, we looked at a passage in John, throughout the, several passages throughout the book of John where Jesus said things like, the things I do, I do not do of my own initiative. Other places said, the words I speak, I do not speak of my own initiative. Whatever I hear the Father saying, that's what I say. Whatever I see the Father doing, that's what I do. Okay, he showed us how to live a submissive life. And here he is. He's God. The Bible says that the whole world was created by Jesus. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting God, everlasting Father. So why... Why would he need to be, and who would he need to be submissive to? Well, he was submissive to his father. Not my will, but your will be done. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane the night he was arrested. And what was he submitting his will to? Well, the crucifixion, which was the ultimate statement of love that has ever been or ever will be made. Greater love is no one than this. They lay down his life for his friends. When Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done, he was loving you and me to divine maximum. And he's taught us to do that. So that willingness to be submissive, if you will, not as a doormat, not as I'm less than and oh, woe is me and you should be my boss anyway. It's, you know, Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm a child of God. I, I, I am subservient to no one just because I'm, I'm a loser. But because I'm a child of God, I don't have anything to prove. I can come under someone else and lift them up. I don't have to have it always my way. You know, when Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done, what he said was, okay, Father, I don't have to have it my way. I'll do it your way. And that was what he was teaching us. 
When that happens in the moments where you live, I call that being conformed to Christ in real time. That's when in this moment, maybe what I felt like saying, the Holy Spirit made it plain to me, I didn't need to say that. I need to say something else. I need to do something else than what I was thinking about. And it may not have been an evil thing I was thinking about doing. It was just different. But in his all-knowing, his omniscience, we call that, in, in his infinite wisdom, what he knows about that person's heart that I don't know. And so what he wants me to say in the moment may not make sense. It may not even feel good. But it's what he wants to say. It's what he wants to do. And when I surrender my will to his, when I yield my idea to his idea, that's conformity to Christ in real time. Again, I can focus on the hurt, maybe what that person did and said. I can focus on they can't treat me that way. I have, I have a right to be more respected than that and, and all those things. And that just I just puff up because I'm focusing on the wrong target. I need to focus on the one. And what is he doing? Well, he's loving that person. He's being kind. Or maybe he's just being honest and they don't, they're not going to like it, but i got to say it anyway because that's what he wants to say right now. Not arrogantly, but humbly speak the truth to people, the Bible says, in love. Uh, when we speak the truth, it's always to be loving. So avoiding our sin problem, those behaviors inconsistent with our new nature as a child of God, is a process of learning who my Father is and how to walk in that by faith because He is in me and we're doing this together we talked about last week, imitating him in the moment, doing what he's doing. So again, it's important that I understand and that you understand that if, or if the law, which had all the, re, all the things we shouldn't do written in it, was effective, there would have been no need for the new covenant. Okay, so what happens when the Holy Spirit moves in, what happens is we wind up fulfilling the requirements of the law. We don't lie, we don't steal, we don't cheat. <laughs> you know, we don't commit adultery, we don't take the name of the Lord in vain, we don't worship idols, we're not coveting everything. Okay, but when those feelings come up, we're able to avoid those things by following Him in the moment. Rather than just trying to remember all the rules, which, by the way, are, are great. It's just like these bright lights in front of me right now. They reveal things, okay? But the way I avoid the things the light of the law reveals is by following the one who is light, saying what he's saying, doing what he's doing. Well, these are exciting lessons to me because just like everyone else, uh, even at 60, almost 69 years old, I have had things to deal with throughout life, things that I was tempted with, things that I kept stumbling around in, wondering why I'm doing this again, whatever, this attitude, this action, these words, whatever, and wondering, well, how do I get away from that? Well, the more I focused on it, 
It didn't get better, it seemed to get worse. But take your focus off of those things. Acknowledge them, don't deny they're there. I've met some who are trying to say, well, it doesn't matter what you do anymore because we're not under law, we're under grace. Well, it actually matters more because we don't have an excuse. We can't say, well, I'm just a sinner. I'm a righteous child of God and I can live differently because the righteous one lives in me. Why don't I do that all the time and realizing that I still have a ways to go in my, in my maturity. And so he's helping us grow up in him. We talked about earlier in the book of Ephesians, into him who is the head, we're becoming conformed to his image. It talks about in other passages. It's a maturing process. And we mature not apart from our Father, but along with our Father. All right, so let's pray. We're gonna pick this up again in Ephesians 5, 22 next week and talk some more about um, the primary expression of God's nature in us, uh, which revolves around love and unity. And uh, I think that'll be a great time to visit next time. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that uh, you're not making this up as you go. You're not trying to figure it out on the fly. You've already had this known before the foundation of the world and you are working your plan. Uh, you're working your plan in us and in the end, the ultimate expression of what you're doing in all of creation is forming your nature and your character in your children because the rest of it will burn up, but we will last for eternity in your presence, always um, expressing uh, the nature you've given us through new birth. Thank you that you didn't just abandon us and leave it up to us to figure this out, but as a loving father, you're loving and nurturing and training us as we go. Again, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.